I don't even know your name. I mean, tell me something about yourself. You want to know about me? My name's Mark Bishop. It's just been a really hectic night. A killer is on the loose, and it is dark outside. I mean, what more could I ask for? Hey, I have a man shot inside my house, and if I don't call somebody, then I'm gonna have a corpse sitting at my front door. Well, I guess you're in a pretty bad situation then, aren't you? All right, welcome. This is the Media Boys Junior. We remember it so you don't have to. Um, I'm Ryan. I'm Nathan. And today, I would be, I'd be very surprised if you actually knew what movie we we're going to be, if you've seen this movie or even knew it existed before we even talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Because <laughs> this is a movie that Nathan and I were both aware of and we were just kind of like, you know what? We should t- we should watch this movie. And it is 2011's, not to be confused with the 2013 Harrison Ford movie, Paranoia. Mm-hmm. And it is uh, a movie that is written by Brad Jones and stars him. Now, you may be asking yourself, I've never heard that name, Brad Jones. Well, it's an older uh, YouTube reviewer, probably from 2008, I want to say, as I remember seeing him first pop up. And basically, he reviews a lot of like trashy type of movies or like a lot of cult movies. But um, in 2011, uh, he was actually able to write and star in this movie. So, Nathan, what is your experience with Brad Jones and the uh, this movie Paranoia as a yeah. whole? Um, I think we both did this, uh, kind of ha- may have had this path, but I watched Nostalgia Critic. Huge, like, uh, I used to just watch his videos anytime they were new, right? And he had this thing called Channel Awesome, if you don't know. Um, and it was just a bunch of online reviewers. And I forget how I got to the cinema snob. But I just remember one day I got to him and I watched his reviews and I actually really liked him. And I started watching his other stuff. He used to try food. He also had a podcast called Radiodrome where he was on that. I used to listen to that podcast like every week. And I knew he made Paranoia. I've seen the trailer for this movie before. And it's so crazy to think now that this movie is 10 years old because I remember him talking about the making of this movie and then then it being released on DVD. Uh And the movie is still available on dvd for five dollars and it's also on vimeo for five dollars to watch which it's cheaper to own the dvd than it is to rent the dvd which is i mean to i mean to buy it digitally right so yeah to buy it digitally it's ten dollars versus versus the not five dollar physical copy yeah i don't know what's up with that Uh, but i i did want to ask like it did you have a very similar path getting to like watching brad jones's stuff yeah so so how it all started for me was i watched the angry video game nerd and and then eventually nostalgia critic just randomly pops up in an avgn video and then i fall down the nostalgia critic rabbit hole Mm -hmm. and i remember brad jones because they introduced him on channel awesome because originally he did start out on youtube but because he had a lot he has lots of uh copyright footage in there all of his videos were getting taken down and i remember they were made a big deal it's like oh well we're putting brad jones on here so yeah i mean that's 
I mean, I loved his reviews. I mean, any, I mean, I pretty much watched almost everybody's videos on there. I mean, there was only a couple of people I didn't watch on channel awesome, but I remember I liked him a lot. I'd watch his like current day movie reviews, which, and a lot of like the vibe of his videos is like that are, that is non like reviews, but like his like current day videos, it's just him hanging out with his friends. Like they'll be in a car or they'll be at his house or, they'll they'll go there's vlogs of them at like the county fair just like trying different food or whatever so it it definitely felt like a lot of like camaraderie and it he he, i really liked it just it it was a real comforting vibe him being with his friends so yeah that was part of his like charm i feel like right um it's like seeing his friend group around him like you got to know his cast he he was tied to nostalgia critic in them and they'd show up sometimes, but it was usually just him and his friends. And there was a charm to that. And I mean, he's always been, I know he's always had an affinity for making movies. So it is, this is, but this, I think, I think he has made other feature links before maybe. Cause I think there are like, or maybe there just might be some like really longer shorts or something like that. But yeah. He- I th- He's made a lot of different stuff. I don't know what like he considers his first feature length because I know he has stuff before this he's made some episodic an- stuff. Yeah, because there was one before, which the one I'm thinking of is called Hooker with the Heart of Gold. Yeah, which and- I've actually seen back oh, in the I day. Didn't. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't. Yeah. So one thing I think we should preface with this movie, it, and when I was watching it with a critical eye, um, this is pretty much like a couple of steps above a home movie. Yeah. I so I mean it, there's no there's no professional actors. It's all it's all him and his friends in this movie. So there are no professionals in this movie. So I did give it a lot of leeway when it came to terms of acting and like setting and stuff like that. Same, same here. I, I, I even wrote it at the top. It's no budget. It has a really bad sound design, sound editing, but you know, bad acting, but you have to give it some leeway. Cause it is like, I'm sure no permits, no nothing. They just went out and shot this for as cheaply as they could. I got really excited for this movie though, because when we agreed to watch it, like a couple of days later, you texted me and you're like, I cannot wait to talk about this. <laughs> yes, yeah. And then, and then as soon as I watched, started watching this movie, maybe about, I think I was like 10 or 20 minutes into it. I texted you. I was just like, what is this? <laughs> Cause yeah. it, it's, it's so bizarre. It is. It, it is bizarre. Like that is the best words to give it. Um, I guess we can like get into it to start the movie, right? Brad Jones mm-hmm. and Sarah Lewis, a friend of his, his his friend's wife, but they're all part of the same friend group. He's yeah. playing his wife in this movie. Mm-hmm. And um, they're having a fight. And it's just like, um, just a poorly acted fight, right? Yeah, because yeah. I, they're at, they're like, they're, they're talking about fighting. And I was just like, I, She's like, I'm leaving you because you haven't you haven't done anything. I was like, I just need more time, man. <laughs> yeah, wow, great impression. Yeah, <laughs> just like don't close your mouth when you're talking. You got a Brad Jones. <laughs> but yeah, it so it it starts out really awkward, and he and she just leaves him, and mm-hmm. I and then all of a sudden like. Well, they're, they, they, on the news comes on, and it's like, oh, there's a serial killer on the loose, like, be on the lookout. And then mm-hmm. this strange guy just shows up at his front doorstep, 
doesn't say anything, and then he just falls over. Yes, yeah. And and this scene's supposed to be tense, but it was not tense at all. There's no music. It is like dry, just like really static shots. He opens the door and the body falls on him. And then he goes on to make the dumbest choices he can possibly make. Yeah, well, like, oh, first, it's like when the before the guy's there, like he hears a knock at the door, but it's like the lightest knock and he like, <laughs> He screams like uh-huh. like nobody's ever. He's like, ah, <laughs> and the guy falls over. And instead of like instinctively like trying to figure out like is this guy alive or whatever, he starts dragging the guy into his house. I'm like, what is he doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Just start, and then he's like, oh well, time to start going through all of his like personal belongings, and because like the guy's like sort of dead, but not really, and mm. he puts his hand in the guy's jacket and he pulls and it's just blood all over him yeah um, and i when he started dragging him in because he doesn't say anything at first about knowing the guy he and he's so he starts dragging him in, i was like okay well maybe he knows this guy or like he like it's just a friend and he just but he starts dragging him in and he's like oh well nice to meet you carl or, yeah <laughs> nice jokes <laughs> doesn't after a little bit after this the body just like disappears right no he goes over to the neighbor Which, one of my favorite scenes by the way th- this this out of this scene right here is without a doubt the weirdest scene out of all of them yeah. i think you know it is it, it's like it, i was laughing because like he goes to this neighbor right and he knocks on their door and is like hey uh can i call the cops i really need to call the cops and this guy's like no, give me five dollars, and then you can call the cops. <laughs> well, yeah, then, he, he, he showed. Yeah, they just like bicker for like like two to three minutes about him paying him to call the cops, and he like doesn't he even say like there's a dead body in my home. He's yeah, like, that's he says, your problem. <laughs> yeah, like the, so he shows up and he's like he's like i need to use your phone <laughs> and, God. And, and then he's like and he's like he's like i deserve to know why you're bothering me at 12 30 in the morning and he's just like there's a guy that's dead in my apartment like my house and yeah. he's like and he's like i need to call the cops and the guy's like give me yeah he's like he's at he's extorting him and he's like well you should you should just go buy a cell phone and i, and I remember i wrote i was like it's, wait is wait is this a comedy or because it, it, it yeah. plays so comedic, but I don't... I don't think I was like, so. But I'm like, I don't... But I was like, afterwards, I was like, no, it's not. Yeah, it, it, that's the one bit that I think, out of the whole thing, has that, like, weird comedy-esque thing. I mean, it, you could maybe, put, like, connect it to that Brad Jones just kind of likes trashy, weird movies. But I don't know. It feels kind of poorly written at the end of the day. It's just, it's so unnecessary. And it, I think it's just like, it just gave him like a device of like, oh, well, I have to get away from the body. Which the whole thing was weird too, because one, he doesn't, the guy doesn't own a cell phone. Brad doesn't own a cell phone. And then his phone lines are dead, which that's never explained either later yeah. how his phone lines are dead. That's right. And then that's explained away because he does like the the guy at the name the neighbor's like, why don't you just use your cell phone? And Brad Jones is like, I don't have a cell phone. Or I don't <laughs> want a cell phone. It's so stupid. I don't want a cell phone. <laughs> God, you're it is it's so good. Um but, yeah, and, and then he goes home and I wrote this down. He the body isn't there. 
And the first mm-hmm. thing he does is pulls out a gun. Like that's his first reaction. It's like, like he's got a gun um, because he stole it off the dead body. And right. he goes exploring around. And it's right there in the bathtub. <laughs> it, which, the body has moved. Which I don't, I don't understand that either. I mean, well, we'll get into the, uh, the ending later. But anyway, it's like, why would the body go like to the bathtub like that? I didn't understand either. It's like, mm-hmm. it like, why would you go up to the bathtub? And he's just like, you got your muddy shoes in my bathtub. <laughs> and, <laughs> and like, that was just like dumb lines like that, where it's just like, I don't know if I'm supposed to take this movie seriously or not. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then it, and then it kind of, it changes a little bit. It, it kind of enters the next part of the movie, which is a lot of driving and exploring the city, which this, these moments I kind of liked. I kind of liked this had like a noirish, like kind of piano and he's driving around at night and you kind of saw like the city almost at like midnight, 1am. Really cool shots. Thought that was yeah. cool. Yeah. There, there are some good things in this movie. Not mm-hmm. a lot. In my opinion, but there yeah. are some good things. But yeah, there's so he, the guy, the body, dead body guy wakes up and mm-hmm. then Brad shoots him right in the head. And the guy's like kind of implying like he knows Brad, but like Brad's like, I have no idea who you are. So mm-hmm. he takes, so after he shoots the guy in the head, he takes the body and mm-hmm. drives off with it. And that's where we get the driving scenes. And I, I yeah. noted down there because he starts smoking. I'm like, he just did that because he wanted to look cool. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah, and then it just kind of like becomes almost episodic because a cop pulls him over. And that's just kind of its own scene. Um, but it's played by Brian Lewis, who is a friend of his. So mm-hmm. I knew instantly that this cop was not a one-time thing. I was like, oh, okay, this is, he's going to pop up again for sure. Yeah, and that scene too is, there's, there's like, like, so he gets pulled over by the cop and mm-hmm. Brad immediately is like, he knows, he knows what's in my trunk. <laughs> and, and I'm like, how, how would he know? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> and then and I'm it, like, this, it's beyond paranoia. Yeah, and it, and it tries to set up this tension of like, oh, your your tail lights out. I can fix it for you if I open up the trunk. And then it's like, no, no, you don't have to. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he's like, go to this all-night service station, which I've never heard of an all-night service never. station. Never heard and, of it. And it looked like the outside of like a strip club. It did not look like a service station. Yeah, I was about to way. say, it looked like it looked it just looked like a guy like a pizza restaurant, like a guy comes outside of and just like, oh well, pop your tr-. uh yeah. Well, so he takes the dead body out of the trunk mm-hmm. and he puts it in the back seat, which unlike I, I before he, the scene even happened, I'm like, wait, like this guy he shot the guy in the fucking head. Like he's gonna yeah. be bleeding like crazy. And he just puts the guy in the back seat. And just the guy fixing his taillights, like, oh, I need to get in your trunk. And he pulls it in and he's like, hey, is this your blood? Like, <laughs> I'm like, Ugh. like, yeah. I w- that wouldn't be my first reaction. Like, if you see fresh blood in a, in a trunk. Yeah. And, and, and then, like, the weak excuse of, yeah, I cut myself while working earlier. Yeah, yeah. I, I was holding the cardboard box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, like it's um I, I keep saying so stupid but it is like the weird jumps to conclusions and choices that people make um it, it's it's interesting oh yeah so he while he's at the service station while the guy's fixing his car he goes into the bathroom and then there's this guy like 
like he's talking the a guy's on the toilet and he's talking like the while this guy's like taking a dump like brad's talking <laughs> yeah. to him and it's like this weird like oh well maybe this is all destiny maybe this is all your fr- I, I forget what he said honestly but it was some like philosophical like oh like yeah this foreshadowing yeah it, it's like that crappy mystery movie deal where it's like oh i know something you don't know and i'm just gonna be vague so the viewer doesn't know what's going on and mm. it's just kind of weak like i remember hearing it it sounded just like mumbo jumbo and i was like this is not interesting what's yeah. interesting is it does look like he's taking a dump while he's saying all this yeah he's he's right there on the bathroom stall so mm. afterwards he the car gets fixed and no no major incident happens but then uh he goes and he takes the body and he just dumps it off of a bridge just like well see you later pal like and just throws him in the water and uh-huh. then yeah he goes to the guy's house that's right yeah and i'm like and i'm like oh, wait what yeah. he goes to the dead the dead guy's house because he saw like where he lived from like the guy's wallet and i'm just like why <laughs> i loved how he finds out he looks at it and he's like 101 west elm street and then he knows exactly where that's at. And he's not using a GPS. He's like, I'm heading there now. Yeah. And, and what does he do there? I forget. He just goes through like the guy's stuff. And he like, he sees like a picture of like this guy and this woman or whatever. And then he's, he's touching everything too. Yes, like yeah. he's just, he's touching all of his personal belongings with no gloves on or anything. He doesn't say like, Oh, I got, he doesn't say anything about looking for clues or like, I got to figure out why, which I mean, I think that's why he was there. He was trying to figure out why the guy was there and how he knew him or whatever. Mm-hmm. But while he's there, like a woman like knocks on the door and like yeah. an idiot, he answers the door. Yeah, he too. makes like, it <laughs> known that he's there at like this dead guy's place. She doesn't know he's dead yet, but she'll, she will know hands him a screwdriver, right? It's a screwdriver. And then it's like, yeah. yeah. And he's like, here, um, can I talk to him? And he's just being very suspicious. Like, no he he he's tired you know he's really yeah. drunk and uh, yeah it's, he's like are you a friend of his he's like kind of <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's just it's so weird like it just I, there's no like rational thought behind this and he, it's not explained or anything like that it's just this guy just makes very very poor decisions like a lot of this stuff could have been avoided already like even when he shot the guy in the head Mm-hmm. I, don't, I still don't know why he like didn't try a little harder to call the cops or yeah because like, that could have easily been explained yeah his his neighbor doesn't give him the phone he just goes somewhere with a phone or something like he's I, got he's got a vehicle he could drive yeah it's uh, i know he leaves the scene of the crime but it can be easily explained you know yeah but brad though it's just he just makes these really bad decisions yeah and the whole guys is though like it's that this movie takes place in one night yeah and so then he goes to a restaurant like right afterwards yeah he he, he just goes here right on a whim yeah they no... don't explain it <laughs> yeah and, which it's the weirdest restaurant ever because it's like it's not like a diner or anything like that where it's obviously open 24 hours it's like a it's like a weird like like fancy ish type of restaurant yeah, it kind of like, looks like a chinese restaurant but it has like all the wine and like a bar it's like super... white tablecloths it's it, yeah. and, I'm, and i'm like what is like what is this is the weirdest 24 hour like restaurant i've <laughs> yeah. ever seen i would never assume this place is open 24 hours it's definitely like they had a 
person they knew that they could film at this restaurant and they just took it right so that's yeah. one of the things like i kind of like okay well this this is the leeway i started giving this movie where it's like okay this is all they could get so mm-hmm. i mean they probably wanted something else but this is what they had yeah but let me tell you this diner scene or the restaurant scene it's so long it's, it's so, so long, long. <laughs> it is and, and, and so there's a person that works at the diner who's played by um, Brad Jones' then wife. Mm-hmm. Um, or were they um, engaged? I forget. I think they were married. It's they his were wife, married. Jill. Yeah, her, her name's Jillian. Yeah. But in the, I forget, what's her name in the movie? Claire or something? I think, or... I think Claire. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but she, it's just him, just her and him in the restaurant and they just start they just start talking to each other. She's like, oh, looks like you could use a friend. And he's like, it's been a long night. <laughs> and then he just continues to be kind of a, a creep. He's just like saying really weird crap. And she's just taking it almost, just listening. In that conversation we learned, she's like, she's like, oh, are you keeping safe? And he's like, well, what are you talking about? It's like, oh, well, that killer's on loose. They found a dead body and the, like the fisherman Mm -hmm. was out there all night looking and he found a dead body. I'm like, wait, I thought this was like, that. so the body wasn't in there that long because this is supposedly all on one night Mm -hmm. and they've already found the dead body. Yeah, yeah. Like, wasn't it like, uh, oh, a fisherman fell asleep floating in the river and it hit the body and i was like wow that's really convenient <laughs> oh yeah. my god and this movie goes go, this scene goes on forever he has like a nightmare sequence and like the whole time he's complaining about his headache mm-hmm. and then the neck and then while he's in the restaurant the weirdest gang ever like shows up yeah. it's, like this, it's like this hipster looking guy with this gangster guy and this like nerdy girl and mm-hmm. they're they're there to rob the restaurant yeah and uh Brad Jones kills them. He he shoots both of them. And then some really bizarre choices happen. So the funniest part, like this is the part I actually laughed at because yeah. with so he kills the one guy and one guy starts like, oh I gotta get out of here, starts running away. Mm-hmm. Brad, like, well, Claire runs out and she's screaming, like, no, don't do it. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and Brad, Brad shoots him right in the back. Yeah. And, like, just like kills him right there. He falls face first. And then but the, the part that made me laugh was like, he went to her and he's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And, and it's, and then it's like she's, my first thought was like, oh, she's going to run off, right? She's going to be like, oh, I'm going to call the cops. I can't believe I saw this. No, they almost team up to hide yeah. the bodies. They drag the bodies inside. And they make this whole elaborate story of like, okay, so well, this is what happened, right? Yeah, it's so weird because she's like, we need to call the cops. Like, we can't call the cops. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and she's like, why? He's like, it's like, don't you know? Like, I fire, I killed these men. They're gonna put me in jail. And I'm like, why is that her problem? You murdered these guys. Like, yeah, she has, like, she is protecting you for zero reason. She has but, no motive. But again, even if you did call the cops, it's like these guys were trying to rob us. Luckily, I had a gun and I shot them. So yeah, yeah. I guess it's a par- the paranoia part of it, but it's like almost to a hardcore, like way too extreme. It, it feels Ill- illogical, you know? Yeah, well, at this point, like, I'm just like, this guy does not have any clear, like, it, it, he's just not thinking clearly at all. And he's just, he, he's like in his own delusions now. Yeah, but um, Claire rolls with it. 
you know, she hides the bodies in the kitchen. She covers up blood when her boyfriend, the cop from earlier, shows up in a very tense moment as he hunts down and um, he almost finds the bodies, right? He, he opens up the kitchen doors and it's very silly because he goes in as slowly as possible. And I know that's a movie cliche, but let me tell you, this guy is inching in. <laughs> it is so silly. Before that, so they, they move the dead bodies, but they still have all the blood on the floor. So how does she cover the blood? She gets a bottle of ketchup and dumps it all over uh, the blood. I'm and the cop like, knows no better. The cop, he's like, like, like hey, you look like you need some help cleaning this up. Or, and she's like, I got it. Yeah, and she just puts a dry ass mop and just like, like washes <laughs> everywhere. So yeah, she helps him get away, and mm-hmm. so Brad runs off again, and then he stumbles upon a, another dead body, and. Yeah, it, we don't know whose body this is. They never explain it. And he's like, he lays down, he, he lays on the ground with the dead body and he starts smoking a cigarette just to show he likes to smoke. And he's just like, man, you're the lucky one in this situation. Uh-huh. <laughs> and like, <laughs> but yeah, so the gun that he used to murder Carl with, it, it, his fingerprints are all over it. Mm-hmm. And then he just sticks it in the guy's hand and is like, it's like, well, you're taking the blame for this one, buddy. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I do want to talk about, like, uh, I think we skipped over this one part, but he walks into uh, the guy from the service station. Remember this bit after yeah, he goes yeah, to find yeah. cigarettes? I love this scene because it's so awful. Um, he's, <laughs> he, he's looking to get cigarettes right out of the machine, and it's broken. Uh, so he goes outside, and he talks to the service guy. And he's like, oh, you know, the cigarette machine's broken. And the service man is like, hey, I got some right here. Hands it to him. And he's like, oh, thank you. I didn't want to have to take these. And he just says, oh, no, don't worry. I quit smoking. And it's like, why do you have these? What are you doing? (laughs) And then he just kills him. (laughs) Well, we don't know that he killed him. Oh, I guess you're right. Yeah. We we don't know right away. But no, I just, no. So... In all fairness, when he said that line, I thought that was kind of like, like the the smokers joke, like I quit or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and, maybe I'm just not in on it. <laughs> but but I did read. We'll get into it when I watch the nostalgia critic review. That was another thing. He's just like, why do you have those cigarettes? So, but uh-huh. I just, but that's that's. I thought that was the joke. Like smokers are always trying to quit. So that was like, yeah. I thought that was the gag. Yeah, but, it, um, it might. You might be right. Um, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, <laughs> but regardless, it's still a bad scene. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, it's still like just bizarre. Could be cut out of the movie completely. Yeah. So <laughs> it's funny though. Like, so when he finds the dead body, like to figure out if it's dead or not, he just he finds like a like a, a used water bottle and just starts poking <laughs> with the water bottle. Uh huh. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And he's. And, and he and again he starts like going through the, the dead body's belongings, getting his fingerprints all over the guy's stuff, and mm-hmm. it's just it's so weird, just yeah. very weird movie. It is, and I does anything happen to that? Because what I have written after that is that it goes like I noticed that there was an annoying dance beat, and I remember this dance beat, this dance music that plays when they go to like a disco. He goes to like a bar that's also a disco. And that music plays pretty consistently for 
most of the rest of the movie. It's really annoying. Yeah, I, which I, I don't know what type of bar that was. I don't know what that was. Because there was also like the, the guy at the bar was like, oh yeah, I have women here for you to sleep with. Yeah. Right, and I'm like, he's like, have your pig. It's nice to have a variety. And it's, <laughs> and it's so weird. And like, there's a scene too where like, so I guess we can kind of get into spoilers a little bit. Like, yeah, it kinda, I, I it, do want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So, so, I mean, yeah, we're definitely going to talk spoilers. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it's revealed that he's, been kind of in these situations before but it's not he doesn't remember these interactions and like yeah. spoilers he's the killer yeah and, <laughs> and uh it turns out like he'd been like murdering these girls so um but you kind of just get him like in these like nightmare sequences that he's having and he he doesn't know what they mean or anything like that mm-hmm. and um, i before that scene though i'm like like okay, he's gonna be the killer, right? <laughs> like, oh yeah, it, that's, no, the whole time, you, you, like that's gotta be the twist, right? You, you gotta yeah. know. Even like what leading up to this, there's like a really weird scene where he's looking at a picture frame in the room he's about to have sex with the woman in, and it has mm-hmm. a picture of him in it, and I don't know why it's there for one, just like a fully framed picture. Um, was that explained? No, no. <laughs> and then. And, uh, Oh, go ahead. No, I just like this point. Like this is like this is like after the restaurant scene. Like it, the whole movie just kind of falls apart. Really, it does. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. Like I really did. Like it's a bad movie, but I at least was enjoying it. I thought it was entertaining, even past like some boring bits. You know, it is what it is. It's no budget, but here I think the writing is just like it. It's just bad. It's just what it's. It's trying really hard to be a psychological like thriller type of movie, which yeah. it's it's executing very poorly. And, exactly. And it's like you think like you're gonna see some things happen, but you, you don't. And it's just there'll be like little snippets of some scenes like blended in with like what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. Like like you go so he goes back home and you see like him in this bar and he you don't know if he has been at this bar because he's at this bar like three different times and it's not really in the context of the movie you're not really sure like at what point this is taking place and then i'm like and i'm like is this still happening in one night or like yeah exactly it it doesn't really explain that it's like uh, that it, it it's doing what it's doing you're right like where oh it's just showing a bunch of stuff where we could connect the ending where it all comes together in the end it doesn't really do a good sign of that um yeah so he goes home and he sees like these like figures of like you don't know who they are but it's just these people on hooded outfits and they, he's like he tries shooting at them but they they disappear mm-hmm. and then he'll because the it, at this point too, it was like about a little over an hour, and I'm like, it felt like it was building up to the climax, and then I looked, and it's like, oh, there's still 40 minutes left to this movie. <laughs> like yeah. what? Like, oh and, my god! And he goes out to his mailbox. He finds a human hand in his mailbox because, like, the lady that he saw at the the killer's house. I think that was the same lady. Gotcha. Like, 
put like a human hand in in there <laughs> so i don't at that point i'm like i don't know what's happening anymore yeah and um you say there's 40 minutes left well 20 minutes of that is almost like an ending explained youtube video right like uh it builds up to him going to a church and he meets the guy that was appearing in his house and then he's like hey let me explain the ending for you let me just tell you everything that's going on this is by far the worst scene horrible horrible just poorly paced it just feels over goes on forever and i get it it. i i get it he's in hell and he's reliving the same thing every day you could have just said it just like i said it you didn't need like 20 minutes of that and a lot of different cuts the scenes of like oh hey look at these murders that happened we're going to show you that he did it like and there's a really weird scene i know it's a little off off of the main topic but where he he has sex with the prostitute or whatever and he mounts her up and it's really weird just to see brad jones shirtless going in missionary about to fuck this woman it, that that i put down that do you for you're forgetting there was also a half naked shower scene where he's like with like this topless woman yeah yeah she's and topless and he's he's supposedly naked and he's like behind her and like they're making out and it's just like I'm like I'm like was this necessary I don't want to see Brad Jones have sex I don't know and I don't think it was necessary you could have done something but he's like kissing her and everything from like behind and she's topless you don't see her breasts or anything no. but it's very it's cut at like just the right place and it's uh just weird just really almost just to add a sex angle to it i don't know yeah i just i I said that i was like i wrote down was this scene necessary like why 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 did i see that so yeah it's revealed he's the killer and he goes and you see how he's killed everybody like he killed the service station guy with the screwdriver um and he killed his wife too with with just a coffee mug i think like i think that's what they're setting up because that's like yeah that's what breaks his brain multiple times you know it causes his headache or whatever um even though she it would make a little more sense if that's her his first kill but his first kill was the person that playing the priest in the church or whatever because all of his victims are in the church um and they're like lifeless except for him he goes into the brad jones's place wanting to die so he lets brad jones kill him and like self-defense yeah. and he get and that's how brad jones gets in the killing that self-defense murder gave him his lust for murder as all self-defense murders do but yeah yeah um really just uh <laughs> a dumb reasoning and then brad jones just goes on this killing spree and and it's yeah. weird that he's like because he's in i guess not hell purgatory even though this guy is like, oh, it's my fault. It's completely my fault you wanted to murder people. I'm the one who did this to you. you which, know? which, no. But yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I, no, I was going to say, though, about his wife, like, you notice he, like, he killed him, he killed her with a, co- he hit her in the back of the head with a coffee mug. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, the coffee mug didn't break. He didn't stab her with the coffee mug. He literally just went, wham, yeah. and she dies. And I'm like, I, that didn't make sense to me. I was like, can you and I had like, can you kill somebody with a coffee mug? And I'm uh, like, I 
I don't probably see like in like maybe the most perfect way possible. Most of the time, no, that's just gonna hurt really bad. That's what I figured. But. Yeah. So yeah, you, you kind of see it, it just builds up to this moment, and it shows all the people that he murdered, and Brad's like, "I gotta leave. I'm leaving right now." And <laughs> and and they're like, "That's fine. You can. You're free to go." And. Yeah it's just kind of explained that he's just going to keep reliving this. And the guy that was in the bathroom taking a shit was outside waiting for him. And he's just like, where to he's like, take me home. I got to rest. This night is killing me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he's like, yes, sir. <laughs> um, that's, that's, that's the it. movie. Yeah. And um, God, we explained the ending of that movie way faster than the movie did. No, I was just saying, like, that's how everything falls apart. That's, like, where, like, my real dislike of this movie happens is... Yeah. It just stops being fun. And it stops being, like... And I know it's not supposed to be fun, but it really just almost... It stopped being entertaining. Exactly. It it feels like Brad Jones thought he was doing something new, something interesting, and it just really wasn't. It was a twist we could see a mile away. At the beginning of the movie, you have that idea that that's what's going on the whole time. You know? Yeah. And I I think this movie would have worked well as a short. I agree. I think yeah. It, I, if you, it, like a tight, like 30 to 40 minute movie where it shows him going to these different settings and then it's kind of like revealed shortly that it, he really was like the killer. I think it could have worked, but... Yeah. The problem is, is that this movie is way too ambitious. It's like, it's trying to go really hard. Like, let's try to make this a really super psychological movie. But at the end of the day, like the ending, I, it, I, I really, I think it's kind of like a crutch when you go for like the ending of like, oh, this is all in his head or he was the killer the whole time. It's mm-hmm. just, it's something we've seen a million times already. And yeah. it's not its not like he did anything new with the idea either. Yeah, and I think you need to know kind of your boundaries, right? With your no budget, like, angle. It's like, how far can you go with your script? You, you do kind of have to hold, keep in mind whenever you make this stuff or write this stuff is how much money are you willing and can you put into a project? And I think maybe this was just overly ambitious for what they had. Yeah. I mean, I think, I, I think even the two, if you made it like, even like a tongue and like, if you made it kind of like an after hours type of movie where it's like, it just gets so ridiculous. Like if you add like, like some black comedy into it, maybe yeah. I could see it kind of working too, but, but yeah, I just, at a certain point you're like, okay, I'm like, I'm kind of over this movie at this point. And mm-hmm. it started out really strong where I was just uh, like, it kind of kept me guessing. It's like, just cause I didn't know why he was making these decisions, but, and to me, it's kind of like, okay, well, since it's all in his head the whole time, that's why he made all these weird decisions. Like, Oh, well that's yeah. So that, so like if you could give him like a criticism, he could be like, oh, well, it was in his head the whole time, but he, was, he wasn't uh, thinking straight. Exactly. I wanted to say that this whole episode is like, oh, well, I guess you could just explain all this, like Claire being making this decision to protect him is just because it's in his head. But it's like, it, it just makes that whole part of the movie feel dumb, right? It, it just doesn't work. It doesn't, it, it it just makes the whole movie weak. It's a weird explanation yeah. or poor explanation. Um, um, so 
I think this is the first one. Um, don't watch this movie. It's not really worth your time. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Um, I was, cause I was like, oh, well, you know, maybe if you watch the writer's cut, you'll maybe get a better experience. But I have zero interest in writing, the, watching the writer's cut. And I'll probably will never watch this movie again. So yeah. I really, it's just not worth it. Even as a Brad Jones fan, I just don't think it even works. Cause Brad Jones is funny right cinema snob is actually funny and this is just not even that really but i mean it's at the same time it's like those are 20 to 30 minute videos they're easy to watch it's but he he does explain the movie but it's all the highlights of a movie so it's they're very easy to watch it's not watching a feature film where you have to establish all these scenes stories and characters the one so i my my research beyond this movie, though, was I did watch the Nostalgia Critic review of it, which he did review it, and he uh, he did give some valid criticisms and saying he did mention the phone scene, which was just like, why is this scene in the movie? And yeah. just, and he he did make a funny comment. It's like, oh, it's like Brad Jones, like uh, the cinema stop character, like pretends to be like a snobby, pretentious uh guy but he's not really and but brad jones like ends up trying to make a pretentious like Uh yeah (laughs) honestly (laughs) so it it is kind of but he's you know it's his friend at the end of the day so he does give it a lot of praise at the end saying Uh you know it's good it's like it's a little awkward but you know it's a really good movie and so because he has to yeah (laughs) yeah because i did see that bit um in the beginning he's like oh i I, i'm gonna review something i have permission for and he calls the phone and asks brad jones if he can review and he says go fuck a horse yeah Uh, which you'd have to say in his voice i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) go fuck a horse yeah there we go yeah exactly Um, yeah you know it's tongue-in-cheek and i get it you don't want to go too hard on the guy's movie Um, so that's i mean that's why like it's it's hard to like really shit on it too much because i mean we have been but it's it's just kind of like it's it's not really a movie that's it's not fair to really judge it with the same that you would judge like a big budget movie or even an independent movie yeah even then because this is like um if it was made in the 90s it would be shot on video kind of deal very just home movies like you said at the beginning so it's but so one thing we did do on Moves with a spine was we looked at negative reviews of movies that we did. I found uh-huh. some positive reviews. <laughs> okay, I'm excited to hear this. Yeah, some some ten out of ten reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one is on IMDb at the same time the movie came out. Uh, it says, "Yeah, this paranoia is pretty damn good. If some not if somewhat predictable indie thriller, the movie stars Brad Jones, mainly known for his internet comedy, but he really comes through in this darker, more disturbing role. If you don't like micro budgeted filmmaking, you're not going to like this. And you simply don't like filmmakers. You're also not going to like it. What? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, On its own, on its own, the music is top notch. The acting is very good. The film's pacing keeps you interested. The main plot is that Brad has killed an intruder in his house who thinks he's a serial killer. So he goes through a whole night of torment with when getting rid of the body. <laughs> that's the review. Oh, that's and, it. That's where it ends. Yes, oh my god. That's where it ends. Oh god. <laughs> wow. Great review. Yeah. If you don't uh, like filmmakers, Jesus. 
and so and another guy says that it's like this is a low budget movie but the directing is top-notch solid movie the pacing was slow at first but it kept kept up mad way through picked up mad way through is what it says the final act of the film was actually pretty riveting but next time <laughs> invest in some better microphones um he does say he gave it a 10 out of 10 but he says that brad's writing however leaves something to be desired and it's overly indulgent and clunky dialogue that goes way on for way too long so i would recommend this movie to anyone who loves indie movies 10 out of 10 good lord that's imdb <laughs> voting in a nutshell like they could complain about something but get that get that score up you know you give it a 10 or a 1 that's all that exists <laughs> so those are the those are the only 10 out of 10s i saw i, gotcha. it, um, I did like what, them though yeah, yeah so i mean there it's which i mean i if you're an extreme fan of him like i don't even know if i'd recommend this even if you were an extreme fan of brad jones if if you're that extreme you probably would have already seen it but if you haven't not really up the same alley i i don't know like i haven't seen his other movies but his other stuff still feels like comedies or you know which uh, which we could we'll discuss this off air, but I wouldn't be opposed to seeing one of the other ones. Yeah, I, I'm so it's, the cinema snob movie. The first one has high a high rating on IMDb, uh, higher than you would think. So I am interested. So we'll talk about that. We don't have our next movie planned, do no, we? No, we don't. Uh, not not yet. Yeah, not yet. Not of as recording this, but. I assure you we will think of something very, very soon and we will be uploading one very soon. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Um, I'm excited. But anyway, I'm Ryan. I'm Nathan. And thank you so much for joining us on Media Boys Jr. And we uh, look forward to seeing you again. Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye.